following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Yeah. Now the Torah says, you shall live by the commandments. Okay, and we, the, the Talmud extrapolates from that verse that it's permitted to violate any, any prohibition in the Torah to save a life. Okay, bar the big three. Okay, so any prohibition, that means any, if let's say, as we discussed last week, your doctor tells you to, to eat a double mac and cheese bacon on Yom Kippur, you, got, you have to do it. You're obligated to do it. Because it, and one of the 613 commandments is to live by the commandments. That means you can't allow a mitzvah to endanger your life. If a mitzvah endangers your life, you have to not do the mitzvah or violate that prohibition. Okay, so let's say even though the Torah says don't uh, eat uh, bacon and cheese, but if, if by not eating bacon and cheese, it will endanger your life, for whatever reason, your doctor tells you you have to have bacon and cheese, so then you have to eat, now becomes a mitzvah to eat the bacon and cheese. Okay, that's what the verse, v'chaibahem, you shall live by them, is understood to mean in, 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 uh, in one interpretation. Okay, it's not the simple interpretation, but the, the Talmud extrapolates that. Okay, so the question then becomes, so now why, if I need a kidney, or if someone needs a kidney, um, everyone needs a kidney, but if someone doesn't have a kidney and they can't get it, and they're not eligible for transplant, whatever the case is, and the, or they're, they're on the list, too far down the list, where they're not going to get it in time and they, they could die, so why would they not be allowed to steal? There's only three exceptions to the rule of... of, uh, of things that you have to sacrifice your life for. It's only three mitzvot out of the 613 that are an exception to this rule, which is murder, idolatry, that means pagan worship, that means someone puts a gun to you and says, um, kill, kill this person or I'll kill you, then you have to let yourself be killed before committing murder. Number two is if someone says, bow down to, uh, to the Lord Jesus, okay, um, or else I'm going to shoot you, so then you, ca you, have to, you can't bow down even at the expense of your life. Okay, and number three is... Is that in public or in private? Either way, uh, either, either way, way yeah. Um, the, and number three is adultery <laughs> or another sexual uh, immorality, other, other sexual violations, depending on which one. Anything that's a capital crime in the Torah, technically, you'd have to give up your life before, so if someone puts a gun to your head, says, sleep with this married woman, you have to let yourself be killed. Yeah. You hear that? Just making sure you have. Well, then yeah. I don't understand why the Jews in Spain converted so to... That's a very good question, not for this class, but, but it's a good point. There are those who say that they, they were obligated, not, not there are those, everyone agrees they were obligated to give up their life before converting to Christianity. The question is, if you end up doing it under duress, are you still liable or not? They violated this law, for sure. They should have not converted, but of course... The question then becomes, is it a prosecutor, you know, how does that work? Well, that's a whole different class, but it's a yeah. very good point. Okay, so there, there so were did, those that were put on trial when they came to Israel. Many of them later came to Israel, many of the Moranos, who had converted to Christianity, and there was um, uh, Betin and Tzvat that actually gave them lashes, etc. They were, oh. some of them were punished for what oh. they did, meaning technically just for Juva purposes. But oh. so that you're right, they should have given up their lives. Obviously, we can't judge someone. Under duress. Did, did they scary. really convert, though, if, if they... It doesn't make a difference. No, it's even, it's prohibited even to outwardly mm. bow down. That's meaning I'm going to bow down to the idol, even though I, I don't believe it. an example for others? Mm, it's not. It's a Pasuken Torah. It's actually this week's parasha. By the way, it happens to be this week's parasha. It says, you shall not profane God's name. Lo Shem Hashem. So you're profaning God's name, even if you don't. It's sort of like a guy who tells his wife, you know, oh, you know, I, I really didn't love the person. I just had relations with her doesn't work, right? Same thing as adultery. So our relationship with God is very similar. We can't, even if we're faking it, it's still a problem. God still has a problem. We're not allowed to uh, cheat on God, so to speak. So, so if you were an actor, a movie actor, and you could not really play the part of a, you couldn't be a priest in a, in a show. You couldn't play the part of a priest in a show. Uh, I'm saying, I don't know. If everyone knows that's an actor. That's a, that's a good question. It's a good question, actually. But I don't know the answer to that. Actually, this week, I, there was a whole tumult. There was a bunch of Orthodox rabbis who met with the Pope. And in the thing, he's wearing his cross, and they, they actually danced with him, and they played music. It's a lot of, uh, in, in the Orthodox 
community in New York, there was a lot of discussion this week. Were they allowed to do that? Were they not? Because of course you could meet with the Pope, but it would have been worse if they met with his wife. I, I I thought you weren't allowed to go into a church. Um, you can go into you can't you shouldn't go into a sanctuary for the same reason. But I'm saying going into other parts of the Vatican, they actually met in his private residence for that reason. They met with him in his private residence. Okay. Um, which is actually not in the Vatican. He doesn't even live, live in the Vatican, by the way. Oh, this he doesn't. This pope is, didn't want to, he's very humble, and he, he moved somewhere oh. outside the Vatican. Yeah. And is this why the Jews in, in, that were in Amon Masada killed themselves? Oh, that was just, uh, they didn't want to be subjugated. That was, that was a physical thing, wasn't uh, oh. It's, they weren't going to no, be converted. No, you're not allowed to go into church. You know, you can go into a church. Not in th you're not supposed to go into the sanctuary. Let's say you want to go to Lakewood Church. No, I'm uh, saying you get invited meeting. to a wedding. You get, you know, so uh, technically going to sanctuary could be problematic. Yeah, so yeah, in other words, uh, technically, if you're, invi you're invited, if you're going to a wedding, to yeah, other parts, if the church has other parts, it has a gym, it has a yeah. auditorium, and right, but you, should not you can go walk into the, the building. But you shouldn't go into the, sanctuary, the, the, the sanctuary yeah. where the wedding is taking place. If if it's a sa sanctuary for prayer, yes, it's yeah. a problem. If they do other things there, also you know non-religious ceremonies, then it's fine. Okay, but that's getting off Weddings are pretty religious. What? Uh -huh. Weddings <coughs> yes, and funerals are so, pretty religious. Right. <coughs> um, Okay, so the, so the, again, so the question, going back to the original question, the question becomes, so what's the problem? If we're saying you can violate any law besides these three, which is murder, idolatry, adultery, so why shouldn't I be able to steal a kidney? If I need a kidney, stealing is not one of the big three. So it sounds crazy, but if you think about it, as far as, again, the but letter you know, of the law... There is a good chance the guy's, if under the circumstances, that you're going to be harvesting that kidney. There's a good chance the guy's going to die. No, so we're not talking about that case wouldn't be questionable. No, there wouldn't be a question in that situation if there's a chance you're in danger of the other person's you're life. Of course you can't save your life by endangering someone else's life. Yeah, That's so given. Really but we're talking about in case yet. So let's take the simplest case would be you go you're stealing it from a lab in Baylor. Well no, okay. it's, so, and it's just so that's plain old stealing. Well that's the question. So can I do plain yeah, but, old stealing? But you're to stealing save my life? something that was that will cause whoever would have gotten that to die. Okay, that's that's so that's that's the simplest version. But a less simple version would be you hire a top-notch surgeon who's out of a job for whatever reason, for, po for political reasons. <laughs> okay, exactly. Look, look at this guy, unemployed surgeon right here. You fly him to India. You know, you pay a guy and all that. You pay. You're not stealing, but you 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 uh, you know go to the hospital where someone's coming in for, like we said, for another procedure, and you remove their kidney. Unbeknownst to them, you of course you supply them with ice and whatever else they need to recover. So you're, you're doing it in a nice, kind, compassionate way. There's no endangerment to their life. So what's the problem? What is the problem? Okay, so we brought, so last week we discussed, we brought a Gemara in Baba Kama, um, I think it was Baba Kama, yes, which discussed the story of King David, um, where there are those who understand the story. King David was going to war. There were Philistines hiding out um, in, Philistines, is that where um, hiding out in uh, piles of hay of of barley. Okay, the question. King David then sent a message to the Sanhedrin asking this question: Can he burn the piles of barley in order to vet out um, the Philistines hiding there that could ambush the Jewish soldiers? Okay, that was the question sent to the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin ruled that yes, because you're a king and you have the concept eminent domain, you can fire anyone who's investigating you. And you can uh, burn piles of barley. Okay, so the the um, so the the point is so that but it, but it seems like the Sanhedrin's answer, according to Rashi, uh, at least the way Rashi understands it, there is no question that if meaning it was only a special permission for King David because he had he is the king. Okay, and he has the concept of eminent domain, therefore he can take people's land. He can destroy people's property for the sake of the, of the government. Okay, the sake of war in this case. Right, but, but a regular person cannot steal to save, even to save life. In this case, the question of life. That would be the simple interpretation. That's the way Rashi understands the Gemara. But we said last week, so that's Rashi's interpretation. Others do not understand it that way. Tosfot. And the rush, and I put down here the, the, um, there's at least three other explanations. So that, on the simple surface, it would seem like 
The Sanhedrin was ruling there, according to Rashi, and the way he understands it, you cannot steal to save a life. We have to understand why. But other commentaries there understand that story by saying um, it's, it's the question, King David's question wasn't can you steal to save a life. Of course, to save a life you can steal. The question only is, can do, do I have to compensate them? Meaning, there's no question if he's going to pay them back, he can do that. The question is, does the king, does he have to compensate them for what he takes, for, for their barley piles that he was burning? But as far as stealing to save a life, of course you can do it. And then the question just becomes the question of compensation or no compensation. Okay, so, and there the Sanhedrin was answering him, you have to compensate. Um, if you weren't the king, if you're the king, you don't have to compensate. For a regular person, they would have to compensate. That's how Tosus and the Rush learns. Um, <coughs> others learn, and, and I think Ron or someone mentioned this week, um, that uh, that uh, there was other options. I mean, King David did have other options. It wasn't his only option. It wasn't by burning the barley. There were other ways of saving the life there, and that for since he had the other options, that's why um, that's why it wasn't a question. His question really wasn't, "Can I do this or can I not do it?" Of course, you can steal if you need to save your life. That's your only option. But when there's other options, can I still use this option of stealing or not? That's the way others learn. Um, understand that uh, King David's question, okay? And we mentioned that Shulchan Aruch rules uh, very clearly. Interestingly enough, that it's not that you can only steal if you're gonna if you have in mind when you're stealing to compensate at a future point. So as we discussed, so every you know, so meaning you're allowed to steal to save a life, but only if you know you're able to compensate them at a certain at, at a later point. Able to, or you plan to? You plan to. Okay, you plan to compensate them. How are you going to get the money? Yeah, we're not gonna, you don't check your portfolio. You don't have to call your broker. Find out you have enough money to compensate. The issue is, in the heated situation, so I could, you know, like that famous movie scene, you know, you grab the guy out of his car and, you know, you steal the car. You can hijack the car, but leave the guy in the street without a car. Um, you know, of course, you take his coffee, give him his coffee before you leave. Um, but, but the point is, you can steal the car, <coughs> but... At some point, you have to get it back to him or pay him if you smash it up, which usually happens in the movie scenes. You can, you have to get the car, you have to pay him back for the car. Okay, so, so, but if your plan is not to compensate them, well, let's say, I don't know what, the, so then you can't do it, which in itself, that's also news because, again, why not? You're saving a life. I mean, it's, it's again, we're, we're, it's talking about life. We have the verse of a chaybet. Okay, so, so what's going on? It's the old, I'll reach into your pocket and take the money to save a life because I'm compassionate? No. Um, that yeah. is a good question. That's a different question. That's how Obamacare, etc. We're not going there. I know you like the topic. That's not our topic today. The, meaning, we're not talking about the issue is my life is presently, current presently in danger. I need this kidney or I'm starving and I need to, uh, to, to shoplift in Walmart to, to survive. So can I do that? Okay. Put some other, and then you have, of course, scenario one here. There's also the, the Heinz dilemma. Right? Can I steal medicine for my wife who's dying? Okay, so you have many applications of this. But so I want to discuss today. So the question is, what what would be the reason? We have to understand. We never know. We, we, Rashi and others seem to be implying you can't steal to save a life, period. Even with compensation. Okay, so the question becomes, what happened? What are they... What do we do with the words Fakhaibah? Last week's portion, Torah portion, said, You shall live by the mitzvot. <coughs> okay, this is a basic principle. Life overrides anything. So why in the world would it not override stealing in this case? Okay. Um, what 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 do we how do we what do we do with that verse? So by the way, there's another Gemara which I'm gonna mention, which we didn't mention last week, so it also seems to imply that it's a problem to steal. This Gemara is in tractate Yuma 83, I'm going to write down there, 83b. It's an interesting Gemara. This actually maybe gets to your point of compassion, but it's an interesting Gemara. The Gemara says like this, that uh, the two rabbis walking along the way. Um, the Gemara here is talking about the disease called bulmus. I'm not sure what it is. We, I think we discussed it once here in the past. Um, it's, a, it's a disease that all of a sudden you're ravenous and you have to, you just have to eat immediately. I'm not sure what that, 
Um, if that exists today, I've seen it at many. I've seen it at many kiddushes. That uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Um, but I'm saying I don't know what the disease, what the medical name for the disease. I have that too, but but I never stole anything. So it says like this: two rabbis were lock, walking along the road. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, have a They were walking along the road. Achse bulmus, Rabbi Yehuda. All of a sudden, Rabbi Yehuda got this seized by this bulmus, where a ravenous hunger. So he grabbed, there was a shepherd walking there and he was eating a sandwich. He grabbed the shepherd's sandwich out of his hand and he ate it. Okay? He grabbed the shepherd's sandwich and he ate the bread. You just stole from this shepherd. What's the matter with you? Okay? Um, so, so then the end of the story was Kimati Lamasa, when he came to, when he came to the city, the other rabbi that was walking with him, the one who reprimanded Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, all of a sudden he got the same uh, this disease, ravenous disease. Adru Balgevitsai. So the people of the city saw that he was, you know, he needed food. So they all says they brought him out jars of honey, sweets, and platters of cooked dishes. So Rabbi Yehuda wanted to get his colleague back. Rabbis are very, you know, competitive. So Amalei Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said to him. Listen, I just deprived the shepherd of his bread. You deprived the whole city here. Look, they're all bringing, every woman in the city is bringing you out the, the cake. Except so, for the fact that the, the people gave, he stole it. Gay, he <laughs> stole it. Okay. Exactly. Know, having read this, there was a, this is, uh, maybe this is a function of my own psychopathology. I read this, and I thought about somebody, I was in the paper that some immigrant raped a German woman. And his defense was, I had a sexual emergency. <laughs> and he got some kind of like minimal slap on the hand, saying, I had a sexual emergency. I had to have intercourse, so I found the first woman that crossed my path, and I sexually assaulted her. I mean, is there not a standard for that? Is there not a standard? You know, I'm hungry, but it doesn't give you the right to no, take so somebody else's food. So this is food. the assumption here is not just he's hungry. Sometimes you need a Snickers bar. It's it's a it's 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 a real disease that Talmud talks about. Again, I don't know what it is. Maybe really? it's called the, yeah. The, I mean, I have bonus. that all the time. Like at the no, end, no, no, I'm saying it's, yeah, it's, it's after Nila, uh, uh, after they blow the sofa, and 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 on on Yom Kippur, no, no, so I have it. Again, I'm not a. You have to put yourself back to when they view that as a disease. It, it yeah. isn't. Oh, I was hungry. Yeah. It's a. They think it's a life or death right. thing. I can see chocolates, but not just food. Okay, so, so whatever this is, I don't know enough about it. Um, but the point is, so he seemingly the assumption here was he was he was in a life-threatening situation. That's the assumption. Okay, he wasn't an immigrant; he was a regular rabbi. So, so he was in a life-threatening situation. Um, and the question is, so why is he reprimanding? The assumption is. Yossi is telling him, even though you're in a life-threatening situation, you still can't just grab someone's bread. Even though you're in life threatening This would seem to imply, and this is how some bring it, seem this story would seem to imply even, again, you can't steal, um, even in a life-threatening situation. Right. That's what, that would be the assumption here. Yeah. That would be uh, what it seems to imply. Okay. It's also, yeah. It's also the intent. He could have simply said to the other, the shepherd, I'm dying of hunger. Would you mind sharing some of your bread? I mean, that that could have been an option other than just. Oh, we don't know. What I mean, yeah. Could be didn't speak English. Could be the shepherd was an immigrant. Say <laughs> so we don't know. We don't know. It's yeah, a good point. Yeah. Okay. So, so now, um, so this is actually uh, there's, there's a found numerous responses really <laughs> with this question, not the kidney question, but the question of stealing. Um, so there's there's a, a book called Binyan Sion written by someone called. Yaakov Etling. Um, and by the way, this before we move on to that, there are many, including Moshe Feinstein amongst them, who deal with this question of stealing, and they all say that, of course, they say it's impossible, the Gemara in Baba Kama that we saw about the, uh, with the King David, of course, it doesn't mean that there was, again, he had other options, and they all answer, it can't be that you can't steal to save a life. So many understand that. You are allowed to, as we said. Okay. Um, no, he says even even Rashi says you can't say that Rashi meant you can't steal. Moshe Feinstein wants to say it. even Rashi didn't mean it literally. 
can't steal to save life. And Rashi says that. That can't be what he meant, and he tries to rationalize. Because of course you could steal to save life. Meaning, again, according to strict Torah law, what's the problem? Torah says v'chayban. But, but uh, Is it, isn't there an aspect of capitalism in here that that it becomes important? Like, for instance, uh, the homeless, we would not be happy if, mo- like, dozens of homeless people were to go into Walmart and just eat, right? We would be upset because although they might die, let's say they were to die without that food, we have other agencies in Houston that are there to provide. For the homeless. Yes, so again, so that would be the answer saying there's other options. But assuming there's no other. This but guy, let's say they're this at homeless the Walmart guy, is and totally they break starving. into Walmart, but they need arrested. the TV. Food, so, no, I let, understand. So without getting into the, the cynical side of it, but you're right. Uh, let's say they literally want water or an apple, you know, and they're in the Walmart just totally taking food. It's actually pretty close yeah. to Venezuela. Okay, so a lawless society. Isn't this an element of just saying we live in a lawful society? Isn't this part of this? We don't steal. Yes, because we we do. But again, the question becomes: the question becomes when my life is in danger. Sort of like I was giving an example in Rita, we're evacuating the city. You know, that was lawless. Yes, but I'm saying when it comes to saving my family, I'm gonna drive on the shoulder. Even though it's against the law, I agree. Right? So the question is how far you take it. It's true, but let's say the there's a bathroom, locked bathroom, McDonald's, and they're not letting one in. I'm gonna you break, break into right. Totally. So you, you agree that to save a life, even to go to the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> you, you might. You sometimes you you have to violate the law. So the, right. So I agree. So that's a law yes. versus when law is not that important. Exactly. Well, that's the question here. When we violate the law, even in this case of stealing in order to save a life. How far do we take it? What about assault? Okay, and we'll get to that. Can I punch someone to get his kidney? Or, you know, how, how far do you take it? So, so it's a good question, and that's what we're trying to figure out here. Because you're right, and we're going to discuss that in a second. There is, it's not just a lucky question, okay, you know, uh, God said don't do this. And God said I could do this in this case. It's more than that. Here it's a question of society, and we're going to get yeah. to that. That's, that's the point. That's, that's actually where we're heading. So it's a very good point you're making. Because we can't have every, Ron's saying, we can't have every homeless person just because they're starving and it is life-saving for them, you know, t- just shoplifting from Walmart and saying it's okay. If, right. if that's all the same, if not, you can't just go into Walmart and just eat or eat whatever you want. And, you know, you could be on dialysis and wait for your name to come up, your name to come up on yeah, the list. Many so. times people die on that waiting list. Yeah, that's, that's true. But you could also <laughs> die in the, in the having your kidney place. I mean, there no, no, I'm saying, so if I know I'm not going to make choice. it, they're saying I'm, I'm number, you know, 3,065 and, and only have six months left and dialysis is not working anymore. That's, that's where the question arises. Right. Um... So yeah. again, we're not talking about someone who just to you know who could be wait could wait six months behind the dialysis. And they just want to well, you know. That, I'm saying that's different. We're talking about where there's no other options. Okay, so so this this say this book uh, called Binyan Sion, He lived between 1798, died in 1871. So he says a fascinating thing. So he he goes on and brings quotes these gemaras that we discussed, proving from the last two from six and seven. You mentioned that that stealing is prohibited, okay? Um, and he goes, he he's saying first of all from this shulchan itself, he says you can deduce if you can't pay it back, or if you won't, if you're stealing without um, being able to compensate or intent to compensate, you can't steal. That's, that's proof number one from the shulchan code of Jewish law. Number two is from this other gemara. We just read with the ravenous hunger. Okay, so he goes on to explain like this. He says, fascinating thing. If you look at the verse, and that's he's quoting from 8. Again, the verse is, you shall live by them. Okay, what does the whole Pasuk say? Um, if you go back, actually, to the first page here, and I'll read in the Hebrew. It says, Okay, you shall observe my commandments and my statutes. Okay, God says, You shall live by them. Okay. So he, he says a fascinating thing. He says, if you look at the verse, what is the Torah allowing here? God says, my statutes and my laws. What he wants to say is an unbelievable chiddush, what we call a chiddush, a novel interpretation. He's saying, the verse is only allowing this permission to violate any, a mitzvah in the Torah is only laws that is between you and God. Okay, so eating on Yom Kippur, God says, if the doctors, if for whatever reason, fasting on Yom Kippur will endanger your life, God's saying, that's my statute, that you can violate. 
if you if the, if that's going to endanger your life. But what about a statue that's not only relevant to God? It's relevant to another human being, right? If I'm stealing someone else's kidney, it's not. There's yes, there's the violation of stealing because God says don't steal. But it's also now this guy's left without a kidney. That's that has nothing to do with God. That part is similar to what you were mm-hmm. saying to a certain extent. So meaning there's a social issue here. There's an interpersonal violation. What we call in in, in Talmudic terms is called ben adam lechaviro. There's two types of sins. There's sins of, that are, we call ben adam lemakom. Between you and God, that's your personal thing. Eating kosher, not eating kosher. It's your personal preference. That's between you and God. I don't get involved, even though I'm a rabbi. Um, I don't get paid enough to get involved in that. But when, it, when your violation is ben adam lechaviro, okay, that means it's not just between you and God. It's not ben adam lemakom. It's also it's a violation between you and fellow man or fellow woman, okay? So that's a different story. That is not, that's not just between you and God. Okay, so he's saying when God is giving permission here of a chaybam, that means, God says, listen, my, I'm not worried. When you're violating something that I call a sin, you can do that if it's endangering your life. You have to live by the mitzvah. But when it's relevant to an interpersonal relationship, when it's a violation of dealing with another person, he says, that doesn't apply. And he's basing it on the words, it's God says, my statutes, my law. Meaning, like meaning only relevant things that are relevant to me. If it's relevant to another human being, that you have to deal with the other human being. It's your old rule of having to go to somebody and ask their forgiveness and not yeah. just exactly. pray to God. Exactly, that's why Yom Kippur, exactly. Right. Ed's, pointing out, right. Ed's, Ed's, Ed's pointing out, Shuva yeah. on Yom Kippur, it says only Yom Kippur, atonement only works for sins between you and God. You can come to Shul on Yom Kippur, you, you know, you hit your chest a few times, you get hungry, you fall asleep at the rabbi's speech, you go home, you're good, but only for the sins between you and God, you're forgiven. The sins that you, you know, had a fight with the rabbi, or you offended the rabbi, you offended your boss, you offended your employee, or your wife, that God can't forgive until the person forgives. See, that's why you first have to go get forgiveness from the person. Again, it's the same concept. In God, God can help you with your interpersonal relationships. Those violations you have to first take care of with the person you offended, and then you can come to God. God can forgive you on His part. Because technically yeah. when you violated a sin that's been Adam al-Khavira, so you violated two things. You violated God told you not to do it, and you screwed that person. Okay, so it's first... A libertarian. This is a libertarian stance. God. Oh, it's both. We're still... We're not, we're God's still, God's still involved in it. Then, then he would <laughs> agree with this sticker. guy. I think you should get Perfect. that bumper sticker. God's a libertarian. Yeah. That's a good bumper sticker. Make some money. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> okay, so the point is that that ben adam lechaveiro aspect. He's saying v'chayb'ahem is only applicable to ben adam lemakom, but not ben adam lechaveiro. So stealing, since stealing is ben adam lechaveiro, also again, there's of course both. There's both aspects in every violation. If I steal, I violated stealing to God because God said don't steal. I also took something from a, from a fellow man. Okay, so he's missing something. In this case, a kidney. So then you're allowed to die. Now you're allowed to. You have to. You're now. You're not allowed to steal, steal. So even at the expense die, of your life. Then you die. It's a massive chiddush. I mean, it's I obviously understand. this is a major thing. So, so that's what he wants to propose. By the way, it's interesting. Right. His his the context of his responsum was about autopsy, actually, and he a fascinating side point. His he's discussing here. Can you do an autopsy to save a life? He wants to prohibit it based on this. He says you're stealing from the dead person, which is. And himself is a question: Does that person own own anything? Okay, can a dead person own his his body? But he's he's assuming that yes, you're taking away something from the dead person. You have no right to do that, even to save your own life. Okay, so he's talking about let's say an autopsy where we need to find out what the disease is. So he prohibits autopsy even the koch nevesh, which is a fascinating side point. That's the context of you know he's applying this to autopsy. He's not discussing stealing kidneys for live people. Okay, this is 1870. 1800. That's odd, but okay. But but anyway, so the question now becomes, is to, so what's, he's basing it on just the words of the verse, but what's the understanding behind it? Why would there be a difference? Why would God say there's a difference? To save a life, you know, you could save it, there's no, there's no violation. Well, all of a sudden, when it comes to other people, all of a sudden there is a violation. So you want to say, let's say in the Walmart case, it's just a societal thing, you can't have a wall of society. The question is, if it's just one-on-one, okay, meaning... It's a valid point. So let's hear. So you might get there. So he's gonna. So some of the explanations I found. So other sources I put down in the sheet. There's this book called the Elif Lech Lechashlomo. 
written by someone named Shlomo Kluger, also 1800s. So he says, he says like this, um, he says again, he, you know, he's just explaining the background to this, to this reasoning. He says, God could forgive you. God, God's saying there's no transgression here. Okay, that's a mitzvah. He can say, you know, if your life is in danger, there's no transgression. You're allowed to do it. God says there's no transgression. But that's only relevant. I can forgive. God could forgive. Again, his mitzvah. But if, when you're dealing with someone else, just like on Yom Kippur, we're saying you need to ask forgiveness from the other person, God can't tell you there's no transgression to the other person. You took his kidney. Okay, there is a transgression here. Unless he allows you to do that, right, uh, the, high, God, the guy, right, the, the donor, okay. the forced donor under the rest. Okay, the guy you're stealing from, unless he gives you permission, God can't tell, give you, tell you, you there's no violation. There is a violation. The guy wakes up in India with a you know, motel room, you know, in a cheap motel room for that matter, with a bunch of guys with an, in, a, in ice in a bathtub. There was a violation here, whether you like it or not. Okay, so again, maybe as far as God's concerned, there wasn't a violation, but the interpersonally, God can't permit that. He has, it's not his domain, so to speak, to permit it. You wrong this person. So that, the Chaibam doesn't work, but that's how he's explaining it, similar to what we said. So that's how he explains it. Um, to go, take it a step further. I, I don't understand yeah. the last sentence there. If you, I don't yeah. know if that's just English issue. Regarding interpersonal oh, means, yeah. one cannot assume that the victim of the transgression, so the, the stealer of the kidney... No. The victim. Oh, the victim. Uh, donor, sorry, right. sorry. The do the unwilling donor. One right. cannot assume that the victim of the transgression foregoes right, his I rights. Right, I can't assume. Right, meaning uh, in a life threatening. Right, situation. exactly. Meaning God, we assume uh -huh. He forget. Meaning He's saying it's fine. There's no violation here. But that's only when it's relevant to God. Once there's an, a, another human being involved, yeah. so we're saying he, okay. we can't assume that He listen. If you speak to Him and He says, fine. <laughs> but I'm saying until he does that, you can't assume that he's forgiving. Yeah, like he's saying, okay, fine, take battery. my kid. Yeah. Take my kid. Okay. Take my wife. That was Henny Young. <laughs> your right. money or your, your life. Take my wife. I don't remember the line. Something like that. Please. Please. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so so taking this just a step further, Bukhanan Wasserman, who we actually mentioned a few weeks ago, he was killed in the Covenant Ghetto and during the Holocaust. So he writes... Um, Interesting thing, he says like this. Make sure I understand it before I say it. Right, he says like this. He says, the Torah is not telling you, and this gets to the whole, really, to the whole question we always have of Hutra Tchuya, right? The famous question. So, when the Torah permits you to violate any law to save life, they're not saying, in other words, you could look at it two ways, right? Is, am I I'm allowed to transgress this law, let's say eating not kosher, having bacon and cheese, if it's going to save my life? So I'm transgressing this law, but the law of life, of perseverance of life, overrides bacon and cheese. Okay? That's one way to look at it. He's saying, no, that's not the case. The case is, God says there is no transgression when you're eating... Bacon and cheese is never prohibited when it's coming to saving your life. I only prohibited bacon and cheese when you're going out for dinner. You know, you're taking someone out for a cheap lunch. You want to, you know... You want to just pay 49 cents for a Whataburger. But in a case where it's going to save your life, there's no transgression. Okay, um, but he says when it, so that's there's no transgression there. So God never said you can transgress something to save a life. He's not, you're not transgressing in that situation. So we call hutra. There was never God never prohibited bacon and cheese when when there's a life-threatening situation, or God never prohibited yeah. Shabbat doing a, you know lighting a fire on Shabbat when it comes to life when it comes to your life. So there was there's no transgression. You're not committing a transgression. Um, and just that transgression overrides this transgression. No, so, so you're never not, not committing transgression. Right, exactly. There's no transgression. Exactly. Transgression. There's no transgression in that context. Your category has been changed. Exactly. You're now in a situation where right. this is never was never prohibited. So you're not the, you're not violating the law. It's not like the case in, in let's say in uh, Rita, like we're saying. You know, I'm gonna, or the case in Walmart. I'm stealing, but you know, I, but we're not gonna prosecute you because it was a life-threatening situation. No, you're not stealing. That's not called stealing. Okay, there's no, you're, you're, not, you're not doing an act of stealing. Mm -hmm. But he's saying when it comes to an interpersonal mitzvah, okay, so you, again, the transgression is happening. You can't say there was no transgression. If I'm stealing, okay, if I'm taking a person's kidney, there was a transgression there to that person. He's now one kidney less. Okay, so I did something wrong to him. I wronged him. You can't tell me there. God can say, in this case, he didn't do a transgression. That's, 
that's up to God. It was never a transgression. So therefore, it's, you know, it's not only permitted. It was a, but a person, if you wronged him, you can't say there was no transgression. So we never find, even V'chaibahem is not telling you, V'chaibahem is not telling you, you're allowed to violate a Torah law to save a life. It's not telling you that. It's telling you there is no Torah law applicable when it comes to a life-threatening well, situation. You still have to pay for what you took. One second. But therefore, in a case of stealing, where it's another human being involved, you can't say that. We never find an example of Torah allows you to violate a transgression to save a life. So, no, you're not, you, Torah so says it's not a transgression. So, so but when, when it comes to another person, there is a transgression. So that means Yehuda had to give the, guy, give the shepherd his say, give make good to the shepherd. No, that's, we're not even discussing that. That's compensation. We're saying even before, even with compensation, I might not be, be able to it do... It's still wrong. Right, because I wronged the guy. If I didn't ask him permission, he's not around. I can't take it, even if I'm going to compensate him later. That's what we're saying here. Now, we're explaining the extreme opinion that says you can't steal even to save a life, even with compensation. Because you have no... Unless the guy gives you permission, you unless have to steal it. Permission is right. advanced. Right, exactly. It's so if he doesn't know that... Then it's not stealing. Then it's not stealing. Right. Right. But he still may require compensation. So, so, yeah, that's, so if that's you violate the interpersonal and you steal from somebody, <clears throat> then you up and croak and go to the pearly gates. Do you still get in because you didn't offend God? You just offended another no, person? No, no. So God, God, when you offend another person, God is also pissed off. Okay. But, uh, but, he's, but he might, listen, based on the circumstances, might go a little might easier. give you a little Lower the flesh, lower the medium rare instead of, you know. Okay, so, so that's uh, Rabbi Khanna. So... It's a, this is a, this is a major fetish. Yeah, this is major. A, a major yeah. big deal. Yes, because then really, then what's the point of a chaybahem? No, I mean, really, listen, there's plenty of laws that are just between. <coughs> yeah, job is kosher. Uh, no, but I know. But for most people in a secular society, that's irrelevant anyway. Okay. Right. Well, we're not so, doing, we're not so then the Bahem takes on actually little meaning. Yes. Because the people that believe in God and that observe the Shabbat, observe Kashrut, they're going to do it anyway. And they know that if, God forbid, they have a heart attack in shul, that someone's going to drive them to the to the hospital because v'chai b'ahem. Everyone knows that. But so the people that you're really talking about actually don't know about her. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. No, I'm saying it's relevant for the people, those same people that drive to shul, can they steal a kidney? That's what's relevant. No, it is. Enough. It's very relevant. Believe me. This is, Fair enough. I don't remember. Three years ago, there yeah. was uh, this Hasidic guy who was arrested for black market organs. He wasn't stealing, though. No, yeah. He well, was selling. Yeah, he was selling. Well, that's, a, that's well, actually a big where difference. Where he got it from is a different question. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's not true. What I'm saying is, as an observant Jew who goes by these laws, so listen, if Allah says it's permitted, why not? It's a valid business. Hey, it's a good way to, you know, so. I'm just saying this is so relevant. The, so the you know, it's not irrelevant. Yeah, but the, we're talking about stealing here. That wasn't yeah, stealing. Yeah, I understand, but I'm saying going to India. Uh, okay, so going to India and, and grabbing somebody and knocking yeah, them out and well. operating on them, that's stealing. Yes, yes. But <laughs> as Ron says, uh, you're going to India and finding somebody who says, Sell you know. Right. Yes, I, that's a different story. We're going to get there in a few weeks. Okay. Yeah. That's you're right. I'm not, I'm not comparing the two. I okay. mean, there is they're both relevant. It also well, is a moral question and a big ethical question. There, oh, and by the way, yeah, most yeah, yeah. most most uh, you know Jewish ethicists, not Jewish uh, halachic ethicists, will tell you today that it should be allowed. I mean, even there are there are many secular ethicists who also say it's ridiculous that we don't allow selling of organs because it would solve it's the a problem. Free market. Yeah, I'm saying it will solve the problem that that's going on in all over the world. With, there's not enough well, people dying on the waiting on the waiting list. Under That's American, all a different question. Under American jurisprudence, a lot of the question that revolves around whether it's uh, whether we view organs and parts of the human body as property or whether we view them as a privacy right. So many would conclude, including myself, that if we that, that it's it's a privacy issue as long as the viable organ is a part of the person and once the organ is no longer part of a person such as a corpse or 
it's been removed for some other reason. Now it's property because it's not a part of that person. Yes. Uh, and and that's really important because so that's only going to help after death. You say eminent domain. You know, if if you believe the, the kidneys are property while they're still inside a person, you could make an argument that the, the, the president needs this worse than this uh, poor person who is of little value to the country mm -hmm. and take it by eminent domain and give them some money. Mm -hmm. No, even the, the, you're saying the government can confiscate so organs after that. property, but if it's privacy, the government can't take it. Exactly. So if it if you're under the privacy rubric, then the the government can't take it. It requires consent. If it's property, they can take it by eminent domain. When you die, it is cheats back to the government because all of our property is is owned unless there's some other reason why it isn't owned by the government when you die. So so deciding whether it's a property or a privacy issue is, is a critical thing to understanding. And at we're least do in that class jurisprudence. After a few weeks, after we finish this one. Okay. Okay, so so um, so there's that one was other my law dissertation. Quote. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, so there's another issue here which is this is just another another rationale to explain why stealing would be prohibited, even though the puzzle verse seems to imply, again, you shall live by them, is the override, um, which is, the, the, there's, there's a concept, it's a fascinating concept, also well relevant to last week's Torah portion, which is, as we know, let's say, uh, adultery is prohibited. So the famous case we discussed this years ago in the Talmud, in the in our class here, from the Talmud, where a guy is like lovesick, and he says he, he could only, the doctor says he could only survive if he, this is, Similar to your case, he only survive if he has relations with this. With this, okay. If he only could only survive, it's life threatening. He's so lovesick. If he could only survive if he has relations with this woman, um, okay. And and she happens to be married. She happens to be married. Oh. So the Talmud says prohibited. Still prohibited. That's of course adultery. That's what. But even by the way, even I'm married. I forgot the exact circumstances there. Whatever the case is, then he so then he says. Listen, he could, if he just sees her without clothing on, that's, you know, maybe he'll survive. But Talmud still prohibits it. <coughs> Good. Um, it still prohibits it. Why? So the Ran explains it. One of the commentaries says there's something called Abizrayu Dares. That means when you have, uh, there's a prohibition of immoral sexuality, certain instances, or sexual immorality. So it's not only the act itself is prohibited, and we're not going to get going to Clinton here and Right, it's not only the sexual act itself, it's anything, any sexual morality that might lead to the, to the sexual Like adultery sexual and the heart. Right. Well, the heart, we're not going to prohibit it, but I'm saying, yeah, in this case, technically it was the heart. All he wanted to do was see her from behind the curtain, you know, see her, you know, see her naked. That's it. And Thomas still says that he would have to give up his life and he's going to die. Well, that's the case. The case was the doctor said he's going to die unless that happened. And they said, no, sorry, pal. You gotta die. So, which so the Ran is understanding that it's not only the act of, of the th when we talk about the big three, you have to sacrifice your life, idolatry, adultery, or murder. It's not only the actual act itself; it's even anything that is associated with the act that can lead up to that. It's like you know, dancing can lead to to uh, what's the evangel, whatever. Right, so are you Baptist? <laughs> <laughs> no, that came from Fiddler on the Roof. Okay, so, so, uh, so the same thing, by the way, with any of the big three. So murder also would be anything that is, can be associated with murder in any which way would also be, you'd have to give up your life for that, even though it's not the murder itself. Say hiring a hitman or whatever the case may be. So, so, um, so what, what this Sefer wants to propose, the Devar Yeshua, okay, he wants to say that based on that, we find throughout the Talmud Talmud says like many things, like uh, for example, um, it says uh, emba embarrassing someone in public is tantamount to murder. Okay, things like that. So the question then becomes, it seems like all those things that are listed, many throughout the Talmud, this is tantamount to this, this is tantamount to adultery, so it w or idolatry. It would seem like you'd have to give up your life, for th according to this round, for those things too. So even let's say not to embarrass someone in public, since it's considered as murder, mm -hmm. You might have to you have to sacrifice your life even for that. 
even though these ancillary associations with the sin of murder. Okay. Sounds like internet bullying to me. <laughs> okay, not sure what you mean by that, but uh, I'm scared to find out. So I, I just want to get to the end here. So he says, so um, so example, uh, so so he says the Talmud Yushalmi in Avodah equates stealing with murder. Okay, stealing is a, is if you're taking a part of the person, taking someone's money is almost as you're taking a part of them. Money, as we know, we're very fond of our money. So therefore, stealing, he says, the Talmud says, is tantamount to murder. So he says, therefore, based on that, maybe that's why it would be prohibited even to save your You can't steal even to save your life. That's what he wants to propose. Okay, that's, that would be how yeah, he explains the Talmud, King David, the story of King David. So you see, even ste- stealing, to say, stealing, since stealing is tantamount to murder, that would also be a problem. Okay, so um, I don't have much time, but I want to propose something, something totally different. Um, maybe we'll get to it next week, which is a whole. So we'll get basically, this is these are all rationales why to explain why stealing, you couldn't just steal a kidney, okay? You couldn't uh, steal to save a life. Um, but uh, there's, there's a whole. Di- so what what's the other side of the coin here? There's something majorly missing, and I forgot to bring the book. The Rajba, who was an early authority, he discusses. Um, case of stealing, he also discusses this question of stealing to save a life in a response to him, and he says for sure it's permitted, it has to be permitted he has a whole different proof which throws a wrench in all of this, and his proof is like this he says a person has an obligation, we know, and as I put it down page here, which is, is an obligation to to rescue, as we discussed many times in Jewish law, if you can save someone's life, you have to save his life and that, by the way, is the whole issue with actually kidney donation. Is kidney donation, maybe it's an obligation. Because we have to all donate. We could live with one kidney. So maybe we all have an obligation to be kidney donors. Because if I know, even if I don't know someone, but I mean, but there are, we know there are people out there who need kidneys. So why aren't they obligated to donate a kidney? That's a whole different story. So until now, by the way, and, and it might change in the future, but until now, the rationale was, and there are many responses written about this in the last 30, 40 years, discussing that it's not obligatory. Why? Because since there is some in danger to do, even for the donor, meaning this surgery and etc., and living with one kidney and the risk involved in that for the future, therefore it, it's not obligatory. It's a nice mitzvah. You want to do it. It's a great thing. It's, you get a mitzvah for it, but it's not obligatory. Even though there's an obligation to rescue, to help. If you can save someone's life, you have to save someone's life. And by the way, there are... It's. And might, the tide might be changing. There are authorities today who say, since today there's real, almost no risk in surgery anymore, or mm. negligible risk. Those aren't surgeons that are saying that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Negligible <coughs> risk, I'm saying, just going on anesthesia. And Carry my phone for a day. <laughs> <laughs> the risk to life, literally? Sure. Always risk to life. Even for a little surgery? Is always. There's no such thing as little surgeries. They're little there's surgeons. <laughs> you know, there's, there's known knowns, there's known unknowns, and there's yeah. unknown unknowns. You never know. You can know, you can go to school and learn all about the known knowns, and, and if you're with experience, you get the unknown unknowns. But you never know when the guy is going to have a stroke. He came in, he looked healthy as could be. He's having his tonsils right. out at 60, he has a stroke. One of the luckiest things that ever happened to me in surgery was a young, healthy guy scheduled for a hernia repair. The night before his surgery, he had a heart attack and died. Oh yeah. That's that when he saw the bill. He saw the estimate. Yeah. That, saw the estimate. that would have been my death yeah. a guy, day later. Guy with a total hip on Thursday fell out of bed last night mm-hmm. at home, fell out of bed, broke his fever. Now what? talking out of his head, got 12 different problems, mm. and he has a femur fracture because he fell out of bed on top of his newly minted hip replacement. Mm. So it doesn't take much to break the femur after that. So now, all bets are off. Yeah, no, it's scary. Okay, hey, okay. Every surgeon will tell you the same thing. What was that, the house of God? Yeah. Yes. What is it? I Usually, I well, okay. I'm glad you're here. That was about internal medicine. Weren't they all internists? That was a GI. That was a GI. It was GI just guys. about residents in general. But I don't think, no, no, I don't think it was all about medical specialists. It's dangerous. Okay. All right, it's good to know that I'm happy because then we don't have to donate our kidneys. <laughs> and there's no obligation. But, but, but so, I, so the rabbit, we're just going to throw it at him. We're going to have to continue next week because I have to be in Beaumont in two hours. Um, the, the, the issue is like this. Radbus says something very interesting. He says... We have an obligation of rescue 
to rest to save someone's life. So he says, how could you tell me I can't steal, I can't steal something? He means, he says like this, if we're in the desert, two people uh, in the desert together, and we, this, this guy, I'm with Ron, and he has a whole, he has a whole case of water in his trunk, okay? And, and he's saying, listen, it's mine, I'm not giving it. I ran out of water, and we're stuck in the desert. So Ron has an obligation, assuming there's enough for both of us, he has a biblical obligation, to not stand idly by while your brother's blood is being shed, to share his water with me, to give me his water, to give me water to save my life. It's an obligation. So let's say he decides not to. Okay, he's, uh, he's being Ron, and he says, no, I'm not giving my water. Rabbi? <laughs> Rabbis are on their own. Okay, so, so, uh, so, so how could he tell me I can't steal it? He... The Torah says he has to give it to me. So he's not fulfilling his duties. So so he says, of course so I can take it. he loses brownie points, but that doesn't right. give you the right. No, he's saying, he's saying I have, if the Torah is saying that he has a biblical obligation to share his water with me, how could you tell me I can't steal to save no, my life? No, you can't. You, you can ask that to remind him, you know, you have a biblical obligation. And if he's observant and he's the holy no, he's, he's person, saying no. he will he let says, I need my water. I need it for my kid's carpool well, next week. Well, if that's the case, then uh, um, he's, he's going to have to hand it to Watt. Yes, but what the, the rabbi is saying is based on his, since he, not if you're saying, okay, it's his, but the Torah is saying it's not his in this case. Torah says he has to give it away. So how could he tell me, even if I'm going to die, he can't steal it? That's, that's he's obviously not as holy as he thinks he is. <laughs> we say that, but that's not my problem. Well, that's not problem that's if he's not going to give it to you. No, so, he's, so therefore, based on that, the Rajab says, clearly you're allowed to steal it, just based is on that. Is that based on your Based assessment? on his obligation to rescue. But who's, assess who's assessing no that assessment. there's enough water? I'm going to die. Who's assessing that oh, there's enough water Oh, right, that's a different question. We're talking about, obviously, it's clear, no, what, yeah. Because there's going to be rationalization yeah, on both sides. One's going to say, you have enough water for both of us. The other's going to say, we don't, I don't have enough water. So then you no, so in that case, you're right. So that's, that's, that doesn't work. But that's a different question, which so we'll get to so next week, or I don't think, I'm not sure I'm in town next week, but whenever we meet next, so we'll discuss that's a different question. Can I punch you out to take the water off? So that's not, if I'm not in danger, you're like, but that's stealing. no, it's more than stealing and assault. Well, uh, yes. So <laughs> can yes. I, even if you say stealing is permitted, am I allowed to uh, no, assault you when you're permitted. not? There's no danger to you. I Neither is permitted, stealing nor assault. Well, we don't know that. Well, that's the question. That's what we're debating here. It should not be allowed. We don't know. <laughs> that that <laughs> should not be allowed. Saying that's the argument, Rashi and, and those. I mean, if it puts the other person potentially at risk for not having enough water, I think no, that, that should not be no, allowed. Yes, that's for sure. Everyone agrees. Yeah. If I'm endangering your life, that's not no, a question. No, no. So the question is, if it doesn't, clearly you so have two cases of water. This is the same case of the guy bleeding out on the OR table with an unusual blood type, and Joe, who's walking in the street, has the same unusual blood type. And you grab him, and you grab him against yes. his will, and you take yes. out a pint same of question. blood, right. and you give it. And you told me Rachman said you And, and Rachman said absolutely it was okay, okay so to, to so assault, then. battery, and take the blood. There you have it. <laughs> okay, to be continued. That's because it was dealt with this problem. Thank you.